Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Wooden Cubes Iron Soldiers, a podcast about games, gaming, and gamers. I'm Mark Renato, broadcasting from beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, and I have the honor, pleasure, and privilege to introduce the podcast. Still, I'm not the only mind behind this podcast. Uh, with me, Har, and will be two co-hosts. Uh, one is Lance Mixter, also known as Undead Viking. Hey, it's Lance Mikester. We are went over this already. Oh man, we went, <laughs> we went over this. Hi, <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Don't just... worry about it. Don't worry about it. This is Lance Mikester. Uh, I'm I'm in my gaming room slash uh, office in in my lovely home uh, in Moorhead, Minnesota, uh, where we're enjoying a very mild winter. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited. Let's let's do this. Who 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 else okay. is here, Marco? I don't know. Oh, wait, wait a second. I know it. It's Joel Eddy, also known as Zika Mouse. Hey, everybody. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, also enjoying a mild winter in my video room slash office. And uh, I am also very excited to talk with these guys and see where this goes. All right. You probably know some or all of us because of the video reviews that we make and we share online. And if you don't, well, go watch some because they're pretty good. Uh, and in our podcast, we'll definitely talk about the theory and practice, but more than everything, the art of making video reviews of games. And actually, that will be our main topic for today. Um, in this podcast, well, we're going to try to talk each time about several things that interest us. We are trying to uh, open each episode with just open topic conversation about this and about that. And we'll be talking about things that we're playing and we have been playing. Then each episode, we will have a main topic that we will discuss more in detail. And there will be the main course of the episode. And at the end, we'll wrap it up with another little bit of open topic discussion. And probably we'll talk about the games that we're excited about, curious about, and that we're planning to to, to play in the next, in the future, in the the near future. Uh, We'll also try to do this uh, bi-weekly. Let's see how that goes, if life <laughs> intervenes or or not. One last thing before we start, uh, we all want to, to thank 2d6.org uh, for hosting our video reviews and now also for hosting Wooden Cubes and Iron Soldiers. Um, if you're listening to this not through 2d6, then I really recommend that you have a look at the site because it is bursting with the work of some really good game reviewers out there, both written reviews and video reviews. There is us, of course, but there's also Stephen Keller, uh, Andrew from Left Hand Reviews, Mary Weisbach, and there's just a lot of great material. Free game giveaways, news about games, uh, Joel ranting about the most disappointing games that he ever played. So, a lot of good stuff. Uh, so, just go there and take a look if you're not there already. Okay, enough of me talking for now. So, I think it's time to pass the mic to the co-host. So, guys, who wants to start? Who goes next? Uh, you can go, Joel. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to open each episode kind of talking about the games that we've been playing recently. So I'll just jump right into that. Mm-hmm. Um, today I've been playing Friday, which is a solo deck building game uh, by Freedom on Freeze. And it is quite a good game. I like it. I'll probably be reviewing it. Uh, it's basically you are stranded on a deserted island and you've got to survive through three rounds. And then at the end, you have to fight two random bosses, these big pirate ships that come. And that one has been pretty fun for me. 
Hmm. He, he was describing it to me earlier, actually, and, and uh, I am not a, a solo uh, game player, but he actually uh, he got me interested enough to actually I already went ahead and added it to a big order hmm. I got over at uh, Boards and Bits, so I'm definitely going to pick it up. Hmm. I think I'll definitely have to have a look, too. I mean, I like deck building, I like solo games, so huh, this one seems interesting. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It, it, you can brutally lose pretty quickly sometimes, but if you mm-hmm. can get over that initial hump, then you get your sort of engine going with the the deck. Then you are able to, uh, from my experience, get to the third round and maybe sometimes lose in the third round or get to those final bosses. And then your deck gets more and more, uh, you know, fun. There's a lot more effects and and just a lot bigger combos you can do at the what, end of the game. What are the things that you have to survive against? Uh, just the things on the island, like uh, wild animals and uh, different things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to, it's the process of thinning your deck of certain cards and then adding in decks. So if you beat wild animals, you actually take that wild animal card and it's double sided mm. and then you can use it in your deck. But then every time you go, so that, your, go ahead. That clatters your hand, that clatters your deck. Or no, that, that, that builds your deck up good because it's like okay. double sided card uh-huh. that will be stronger than your initial starting deck. Okay. And then every time you go through your deck, not only do you shuffle it, but you have to add in this aging card, which is a negative uh, effect. Like it'll mm-hmm. reduce your fighting power or, or some other bad effect. So it's sort of this balance between running a thinly optimized deck, but if you go through it too quickly, then you're going to be constantly adding those aging cards, and it's going to make your deck worse anyway. Mm-hmm. So have you beaten it yet, Joel? Yeah, well, you can uh, see uh, difficulties. So I've beaten it on easy. But you also can uh, score points. So the maximum, I'm not sure if it's the maximum, but like the target points are 80. And I got 63. Well, that's my high score. But I haven't played mm-hmm. on um, you know, medium or, or hard yet. So. What's your lowest score, just to give us a bit oh, of perspective? I died like in the first round brutally, like okay. on the eighth but when turn. You win. But when you win, when you win, what's, what was your lowest score? Uh, the lowest score. 48, I want to say. So, okay. Yeah, I think like yeah, if halfway. You, yeah, if it seems like if you win, then you're gonna have a you know a few points. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've been playing that and a whole bunch of games. I've been playing a lot of games recently. I will just list a few, and any you want to jump in on, <laughs> let me know. Uh, so I played. Let's see, Outpost. Horrible. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just. I, actually, I've been, I've been playing Outpost a lot actually, and I, I actually really like it. So. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's tricky. The whole chunking of money is kind of uh it's it's not really hard. It's just awkward. It isn't hard. It isn't a hard game at all. It's it's right. it's um, but you you'll find yourself making. I I've had more head slap moments in that that game where like you realize that like you've bid in in a, in a certain amount that would just just kind of hamstrung you because you're ending up spending cards that you don't want to spend or right, right. yeah it's just things like that where you have to be on your toes constantly in that game mm-hmm. so i got to play that more and i played aura and labora i i love that game hey, I, can't, I i can't i can't bring myself to open my copy because i've heard such horrible things about the uh, components okay so the component issue is the it's a pain in the butt to put in the little spinner disc thing because based on the number of players you actually have to unpunch it and then punch it back. So don't put it in very tight. That mm-hmm. way you can easily get it open and, and, and redo it. And the other thing is it's weird because some of the uh the chits that you punch, it's like half of the sheets 
are not, uh, you know, perforated good. So you've got to be careful or else they're going to tear the paper, you know. But other than that, it's not like any worse than, it's not horrifyingly bad. I mean, it's just, you know, some mediocre parts and, you know, minor production issues, but if you're just careful punching the chits and then you don't, like, grind in the spinner, then you'll be fine. Were you a fan of, are you a fan of, of like, Agricola and La Havre and all that stuff? I haven't played La Havre. I've played Agricola, and I, I quite like that. It's quite different than Agricola. I've heard it's more like La Havre, but I haven't played it. Well, I've heard that, I mean, I I also have a copy of La Havre, but I haven't played it yet, which is <clears throat> probably a cardinal sin, but I've heard that that's a, a very, very good uh, medium to heavy weighted euro. It's mm. just uh, my my group just did not like Agricola that much, and so getting them to try another game by him yeah. uh, has been an uphill battle. Yeah, this this is uh, go ahead, Marco. Yeah, in my group we have several players that are really into Agricola, and I just always refuse to play for a very simple reason for the theme. Mm. I grew up on a farm. I did. <laughs> Eat all that stuff. I did make bread. I did, you know, work with the cows, and I'm done. Now I want to play fantasy. I want to play war. <laughs> I want to play sci-fi. I just don't need any game to, that forces me to reminisce uh, right. the real thing. So anything, <laughs> anything uh, Mediterranean themed is all probably also off for you, right? <laughs> well, we'll see. I grew up on the mountains, so I'm not very Mediterranean area of the Mediterranean, so that's okay. <laughs> well, I don't understand. I don't understand that, Marco, because I'm from the future, and I used to be an interstellar space pilot, and but I still enjoy sci-fi games. So, well, I guess you have a less controversial <laughs> relationship with your memories of the future. Uh, Just oh, uh, <laughs> there was no fun in that. that was, yeah. So I'll, I'll let you guys play with that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let me see what I've been playing. I've been playing. Uh, well, today I played. I had some friends over. We played a lot of uh, drum roll uh, from Artipia Games. What? I got oh, a, here. Uh, drum roll was the uh-huh. game from Artipia Games. Um, pretty standard Euro. Uh, um, I, you know, and I don't. I don't have anything against um, games that are. You know, collect the cubes, turn the cubes into something else, and, and then collect the points or whatever. Um, Drumroll's definitely got a lot of interesting things going for it as far as, um, like, a card selection and action allowances and things like that. But um, it's weird. If it wasn't for the theme, and, like, I know everybody always wants to, you know, bag on Euros for having pasted on themes, but if it wasn't for the theme of Drumroll, running a circus... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I as I have, and and in actuality, the the game actually you know kind of appeals uh, to my group, and we've we've had a lot of fun with it, and um, it seems I don't know, happening I, a lot recently. That's happening a lot. Like Last Wheel, also, right? The theme. Yeah, was- it, it, it was weird. Yeah, I mean, because usually I go into a Euro game, and it's just correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I mean, it's just like you know, lately, like, and I've said this, I think, in my last review, but. It's like when I first got into the the whole, and this is kind of a good segue into the whole video review and why we do video reviews. But when I first kind of got into the whole, uh, you know, playing this designer board game uh, stuff, uh, you know, like games, I mean, just blew me away because I just had never played a game like mm-hmm. that. And now, you know, when you're you, you've you've played hundreds of different games and and you're getting these games and you're reviewing them. It's just like you play this and you're like, it's almost like as you're opening up the game, you're just like, you're, you're, you're in your mind, you're challenging it. Do something different, you know, you know, mm-hmm. do something that I haven't done before. And then and then it when it doesn't, you 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 don't want to give it. You can't say it's a bad game. 
it just doesn't bring anything new to my table, I guess. But then you have to – so when I, you're doing the review, you kind of have to think to yourself, would somebody that was just getting this hobby, you know, if they played this, they'd probably love it. But, you know, for somebody that's, you know, got, you know, 50 games of Agricola under their belt or whatever, they'd probably go, eh, whatever. Yeah, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough uh, balancing act as far as, you know – what is it? You know, when I say I like a game or I love a game or this is a good game, it's really hard to put that in a context for other people because you don't know. You know, if somebody just started playing games this year, it's it's just really hard. I mean, I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I when I watch reviews from non war gamers that talk about heavy war games, and I think and I realize what they mean by that. It's completely different definition. That you know, uh, again, war gamers would consider light games something that for somebody who's not in in that field of the hobby is super heavy. So yeah, there definitely is a, a relativism aspect to this. Mm-hmm. What is a what is a heavy war game, Marco? It just just well, if you, I had to ask you your definition. Like the box weighs well, twelve the pounds. Heaviest, or? Uh, advanced squad leader is you know the, the epitome of the heavy, the heaviest that there is. Um, anything that has more than fifty pages of rules uh, usually is considered heavy. So that's what it is. It's just the the rule set make it heavy. It's, it's usually that that's one of the main things. The, the rule set. If you have a bazillion rules that you have to learn, yes. But there may also be games that do not have many rules but require a lot of work to make those rules work. Uh, where games that have an order system, for example, where games that have uh, just procedures that take a while and take energy uh, to uh, to complete them, those usually are seen as heavy. And you may have both, a lot of rules and complex procedures, then well, there you go, you have advanced with leader. Yeah, that was but one you- of the things that I, I sort of learned by watching your reviews, actually, is because when you talk about Chrome in a game, as a mm-hmm. Euro gamer, when I hear the word Chrome, I, I don't know why, I immediately think of, you know, really nice components, you know, <laughs> you know animeeples and stuff like that, talking about Acry- uh, Agricola. But when you talk about Chrome in a war game, it's like a Euro gamer is going to call that fiddle. and. Mm. But after, you know, playing some of these war games, it's like you've got memoir and you've got basic, you know, hex counter games mm-hmm. that are just, you know, you do, you move and fight. But then like in no retreat, you've got weather, you've got the different terrain, you've got all kinds of things that you've got to keep in mind. And like, you know, you can win the game on turn six if this happens in turn nine, if this happens and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's like the coolest part. I mean, as sort of a new war gamer is, you know, it's. It seems fiddly to my abstract Euro mind, but after if you can kind of get away from that, that's where the really the theme comes in, and that's if the theme and that sort of Chrome matches, it's great. Oh yeah, it's it's a very thin line. It's a extremely yeah. thin line. You have one rule too many, and that is fiddly. One rule, you know, not too many, then you have just the perfect combination of rules that do bring the theme alive. I think comes together and then you have that fantastic experience that uh, to me if I'm playing an air game and I can hear the noise of the airplanes exploding that is a game that is pro mm. you really mm. get the sense nice. you, know, you get that sense you, know, it's, ah, you can feel the noise of the, of, of, the, of the engines that sense that is a great thing and then of course you also have a lot of fiddliness if the designer didn't get just that right balance of things what's your what's your favorite um, uh, like uh, 
war for your war game that you want to play? Is it just World War Two, or is it what? What? What is it? Well, well yeah, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty omnivorous. World War Two is a big one. There's, well, there's just so many games out there that uh, it would be hard to avoid it. And within uh, the World War Two theme, I just love the North African uh, campaign games. Maybe this is because of the figure of Rommel that is just so interesting historically. Uh, maybe this is because of all the challenges of fighting in the desert and all the unique things that Tad has. But those games, you know, among the old, uh, the World War II uh, games, those are probably my favorite ones. And then it just like so many different periods, so many different times. So for the theme, I could really play anything from Napoleonics to ancient games. Uh, for mechanics, I love block war games. Uh, there's just that fog of war, uh, that bluffing aspect. Uh, and just they're just visually stunning when you have a large board with all those blocks that are just, you know, standing there and also it gives you just a good sense you can see at a glance oh that's where the army of the opponent is converging because they're just you know standing up with other games you do <laughs> not necessarily have that visual immediate impact that contrast between the the, uh, the units and the board mm-hmm. and i like solo games um, i like them a lot and i also like two-player games that can be played solo just because i like to have the option you know, that I play them if I have a friend around and I can play them when nobody's around. Let me let me ask you one more question, and, and I realize we're kind of going off on tangents here, but I think that's cool. But um, yep. the the whole uh, the whole the whole solo aspect. I mean, uh, Joel, you were talking about about Friday and and the fact that it's it's a solo game. You can't play it with anybody else. And and Marco, you were just talking about the fact that you um, enjoy playing games solo. And I remember reading in a, a bio of you, you said you almost always have um, a solo game uh, set up and and being yep. played in your in your in your office uh, yep. at any at any given time. And um, I've played games solo. I have. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of it. I will teach a game to myself before my friends come over. Um, like I'll, I'll play a few rounds of it just so I can kind of see how it works. But I'm not a real big uh, fan of it. I guess I don't know. It's like if I'm going to play a game, um, you know, I, I, I need to have that 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 human opponent. I need to have that other person there because I like the interaction. I like the conversation. And if I'm just mm-hmm. going to play a game by myself, I mean, I'll just I'll 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 play my PlayStation, you know, and I'll I'll just, you know, shoot cops and Grand Theft Auto for a half hour while I wait for my friends to show up instead of playing a game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's what's that solo game mentality? I mean, how do you how do you uh I mean, how do you keep yourself from not cheating? I mean, honestly, I mean, how do you keep yourself <laughs> oh, maybe I didn't go there. I well, you maybe- you can't really cheat because you ain't fooling anybody, so you can't, you can't really cheat. But um, well, first there are solo games that are just solo, and that's it. You know, designed to be solo. And then you have the challenge. Actually, uh, you're still playing against somebody. You're playing against the designer. The designer programmed a certain AI that is going to give you a hard time winning. In that case, it's not that different from playing a video game, where just you know the programmer uh, prepares certain challenges for you. Um, and then you have two-player games that you play solo, and those are those that yes require a little bit of practice and getting used to them, and definitely uh, that is an acquired taste. And theme, theme is really what matters. Uh, if you're interested in the historical theme, in the topic, and then you just set up the game and you play both sides, and you just switch perspective. It is just so interesting to see how history developed or could have developed. Uh, and so that this is it is better to play solo because you do not have analysis paralysis. If you're just sort of looking at the board and you feel like 
pulling a book off the shelf and reading a chapter just to get a sense of what happened historically and compare it with what's happening there, you can do it. With another person there, probably the person would be pretty annoyed at you. So it is really <laughs> just uh, – I play – yeah, I play two-player uh, games by myself. Usually when there's an historical theme that, are in, that I'm interested in studying, understanding, analyzing, uh, experimenting with. And as for the non-cheating, I don't know. I'm, I, it's a matter of practice. I'm really good. When I'm playing one of the two sides, I really have no idea what I'm going to do uh, when I switch perspective and mentality. And sometimes I switch perspective. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That was surprising. Who expected that? Who could have, you know, you just see things. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. No way. I don't know if it's just, you know, multiple personality disorder. When I, I'm studying the map from the perspective of one of two sides, I really see things that I did not see when I was studying the map, you know, from that perspective. It's true. All right. All right. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll buy into it. I'll buy into it. Yeah. But you know, I would never play, you know, Puerto Rico by myself. I think I would prefer to be, I don't know, beaten <laughs> up by a bunch of, of angry mob, by an angry mob rather than to do something like that. But if the theme is interesting, then I think that's, that's really what matters. And yeah, I mean, for the games that I'm playing, um, I've just set up, I uh, just, I am setting up a game of Forgotten Heroes on my desk. So this is the game, Forgotten Heroes Vietnam, second edition. So mm-hmm. that is going to be the game that is going to be on my desk for solo experimentation. And maybe at some point I'll also play with somebody. Um, I've played uh, recently 1812 Invasion of Canada by Academy Games. And that is a really fun game. That is a war-themed game, um, borderline war game. Some people would consider it a war game, some other people not. Uh, it's a game that you can play up to five up to five players, and it has five factions. So that's what it is: uh, the Native Americans, the British militia, the, no, the British regulars, the Canadian militia, American regulars, American militia. So you can play with two players. Uh, Any player has two of the factions, so the player has three. Or you can have five players with a faction each. And that is really fun because there's a lot of interaction and you do have the people uh, from the same side that are arguing and debating. It takes forever to play, but thematically, it's really fun. And yes, there's a lot of interaction among among all the players. We really had a good time playing that one. And otherwise, yeah, recently I played less than I usually do play because of all the technical problems that I've had with YouTube and my YouTube account and files uh, that I upload on YouTube. I just spent so much time looking for a solution for all the technical problems that I've had. So this week I played less than than usual, unfortunately. But let's hope that things get better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh... I, I fight with my rendering every single time. It's like when I, I I splice up my videos and then and then start the render. It's just like I cross my fingers and run away from the computer and and I come back in a few hours and I just hope it worked and mm-hmm. and I either smile or I or I, I punch the wall and then I try it all over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is what I did. But after try out to. I could have punched the wall enough to to make it fall, but just there was no way that just YouTube had something. Uh, it is rejecting the type of file that I'm uploading. I'm not the only one, so that's a little bit of a consolation. Everybody who's uploading that type of file is having similar problem. But still, uh, we're hoping that they'll solve this thing. 
Yes, yes. I should mention, um, I remember like we were supposed to say other games we were playing, and I know we got away from that. Um, I, I also played a lot of Dragon Rage last couple of Ooh. days, which is the new... Dragon Rage? Not a dra- no, Dragon Rampage. We were talking about Dragon Rage earlier. No, there Dragon you. Rampage, yes, from uh, Eagle Games. They were kind enough to send me a copy, and I've been playing that. Um, Richard Lanius is the designer, same guy who had a hand in Arkham Horror and Elder Sign and, and uh, Defenders of the Realm. So, you know, uh, it's a game right up his alley. You know, just, just you're working together, but you're not working together. Um, it's a dice game. And, and so it's, it's, it's kind of got the same thing going with like, you know, Yahtzee where you roll the dice, you pick which ones you're going to save, roll the dice, pick which ones you're going to save that, um, have been implemented in many other games. Uh, the one thing about Rampage that I like a lot is that there are actually three, um, very separate, uh, endings to the game. Uh, where, uh, either, cause everybody, the, the theme of the game is that each hero, uh, has, is trying to steal treasure from a dragon and then they woke the dragon up and now they have to decide if they're going to try to fight the dragon or if they're going to try to run away and, and, or, you know, or, or like, you know, kind of screw each other over and take the gold from the other players and so on and so forth. And, and so, um, if the, the game ends when either one hero has been killed, uh, one hero has escaped or you've killed the dragon and there's a different set of scoring uh, for each separate thing. So um, you'll have a situation where players will be like almost killing the dragon. Like we had this game uh, just recently we played today actually where um, uh, two of the players were doing really well fighting the dragon and uh, they were going to kill him. And the other player realized that because of the way scoring was working, they... Um, weren't going to win. And so they just ran out. They did everything they possibly could using magic items and abilities and what have you uh, to make it out of the... to escape before they had actually killed the dragon. And so the game ended because one person escaped and they actually won the game, even though the dragon was almost dead. And so it's 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 an interesting game. It's it's a fun game. And how do you feel about games that are a little bit you cooperate, a little bit, you stab people in the back, then you cooperate again, then you cut somebody's throat? Because uh, I, I personally have a problem with those games. I can switch perspective, you know, when I'm playing solo, but it's hard for me to switch ethical code. If we work together, we work together. If we're stabbing each other in the back, we'll do that. Well, you know, I don't have a problem with 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 screw your neighbor games. I never have. Um, maybe it's because realize the mix is the mix between first I co-op and then I screw you. That how do you handle? Well, that? I wouldn't really call the game a co-op due to the fact that mm-hmm. like you can you can all work towards a common goal, but ultimately one person can be the winner. You know, it isn't like you're playing. Um, you know, like people say, like when you play Arkham Horror after if you defeat uh, the the the. The, the goo, the the great old one, um, uh, you you can total up the points. You know, okay, how, what did you do during the game, and then are you mm-hmm. the big winner in the game? And we never do that. We just either win or we lose. You know, just mm-hmm. depending on. But this game is set up like whereas only one person can be the winner. So I, I don't think it really is. You're really cooperating. You're mm-hmm. you're maybe helping a little bit, but because your your goal happens to be going along the same hallway as the other players okay. but at the first chance you can you got to make sure that you stuff them down and and make yourself you know get ahead of that person so you you can make sure that uh, you you win um i don't i i i do know games like that you're referring to i mean games where it's like oh let's work together and then not to i mean are you a fan of like secret I was thinking of defenders games? i was thinking of defenders, defenders yes, since yes. you mentioned it well, uh, and that's another game. I, I actually like Defenders of the Realm, um, and I hate 
co-op games. I mean, which is weird. I couldn't say I hate co-op games because, I mean, my favorite game of all time is Arkham Horror, but um, I, I hate games like Pandemic. I mean, uh, because of the fact that there is, like, very little randomness once the game is actually set up. Um, you, you, you shuffle all the decks in Pandemic, you, you set the game up, you, you, you hand out um, the, the, the roles to everybody, and, and you place your people where they are, and you begin the game. And before the game has even started, at that moment, if you, the game has decided whether or not you're going to win or lose. It does, if, if you chose mm-hmm. the absolute perfect decision mm-hmm. every single turn, you might you might not going you're not going to win it's like playing solitaire it's like sitting down you have your deck of cards in front of you you're going to play solitaire and you can pick the exact perfect spot to put every single one of those cards and you you're not going to win nothing you can do and i just i can't mm-hmm. play that game but mm-hmm. you throw in some dice and you throw in some a little more randomness to it. it it's it's weird it's like the more chaotic you make a co-op you maybe remove some of the strategy, but you actually then, even though you may very well be setting up a game that that uh, is mm-hmm. is going to make you lose no matter what you do, you don't feel like that because of the fact that you always feel nice rolling dice. You, you can mm-hmm. pull it off a win. I mean, at least that's my, and maybe I'm fooling myself, but yeah. no, Lance, I think that's a great point, and I I've yeah, never been point, able yeah. to pin down why I don't really care for Pandemic. And I, I really am a big fan of Defenders of the Realm, and I, you just articulated it for me because it's, you know, I think that's exactly right. You know, no matter how those cards are stacked, that's that's it. You're done. I mean, yeah. if, if Pandemic had some sort of um, uh, uh, some sort of mechanic where you could reshuffle some of the decks like if you knew like things weren't going well you could like reshuffle a deck and like like take some of the the cards that you've you've uh discarded that aren't ever going to be used and you can put them back in so i think i might like the game more but instead it's just like oh well instead of these these cards coming up one two three four five six seven nine ten uh they're one two four eight six four two ten so you're gonna lose oh well i'm glad i'm glad i spent an hour and a half doing that i think the expansion addresses some of that but i've never tried it, so I couldn't say. Yeah, neither have I, and and I just I mean I had a copy, and then uh, I ended up selling it off or trading it off when it was really tough to get a hold of uh, the copies of it, and uh, I think I upgraded a great deal. I couldn't tell you what I got for it anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> well, hey, were we going to talk about why we actually do video reviews or something like that? Was that what we we're going to? Yeah, do? I thought that was supposed to be the <laughs> the main topic. I think Joel, could... why don't you start us off on that one? Okay, yep. I, I can start. Um, well, it's this is a this is a there's a myriad of reasons why I started making video reviews. I like that word myriad. Yeah, that's five dollar word. Yeah. Um, you know, I started. It's almost been a year. I think my first video review came out in March of last year, and I had been. Uh, I, I used to play Euro games a long time ago, like in the late late nineties and then early two thousands, and then. Poker became popular and Guitar Hero became popular and my group kind of took a break. Um, but uh, so then I started getting back into games uh, over a year ago and I came back to the geek. You know, I'd been, you know, we used to read the geek and stuff back in the day, I guess. And I came back to it. And it was just like full of stuff. You know, there was the Dice Tower, Tom Vassal, hmm, yeah. and there was you guys, you know, and Dragon Strike and all these guys. And I was like, holy cow, these things are awesome. You know, you watch... I know. I just I'm a video file myself, so you know a really good uh, Marco video, a really good uh, Undead Viking video, or a good uh, Dragon Strike video is just like 
I love it. I love to talk about games. I love to play games. And I was like, this is great. And, you know, some of the, uh, especially with the high def, you know, that really hit, uh, mm-hmm. started to do that. And, and, uh, and so, you know, it was like the camera making love to the game components. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I love this stuff. You know, I could sit there and watch this all day. And so a couple things, you know, kind of triggered for me. I actually picked up Phantom Leader, uh, based on your video, Marco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was playing, it's a solitaire game, and it's in the Vietnam War. You control either uh, Navy or Air Force pilots. And that game, like, really kind of got under my skin. And and I was like, man, there's just, there's so many things, like, that this game is telling me. Uh, you know, because my grandfather's passed away was actually in Vietnam. Uh, well, not actually at Vietnam, but he was in Europe and stuff at the time and training uh, pilots and loading munitions onto the plane, which you spend, like, 99% of that game doing. And so it was just like this whole like sort of epiphany moment of like these board games are there's something else here. They're like there's a form of art, you know, like we were talking about earlier. And uh, and so anyway, if you want to go into that, I go off on it in my video (laughs) review. So I don't want to go off on it again. But it was like I need to tell people about this stuff. And uh, and I had kind of this idea originally to go back and do like, you know, old games uh, that don't have video, didn't have video reviews about it. That's kind of initial I started because I saw, you know, like one of Dragon Strikes videos and I don't remember what it was. I think it was Labyrinth. It was Labyrinth and then some other video. And I was like, this is great. And he's like, he's really highlighting these games and stuff. And, and, and everybody was at the time, everybody likes to do the new games. And I've gotten kind of caught up into that recently too. But I initially was like, well, let me go back and do an old game that like doesn't have a video about it, but it's awesome. And people need to, you know, there's people that like cruise around the geek and they want to, it's hard for a lot of people, even myself to pick up a rule book and go, Oh, this looks like a fun game. But mm-hmm. if you show me the pieces, you show me the components and you know, you kind of tell me a little bit about it, then I'll have better access to it. So my initial idea is I think my first like 30 videos were mostly games that didn't have videos about it. And coincidentally, like a month or so after I started doing videos, they had a contest on the geek is like, if you go and make a video about a game that doesn't have a video about it, we'll have, you know, a contest. Oh, yeah, and I was like, that hey, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's right. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. So I actually was at a slower pace of doing videos. It's going to kind of do them onesie twosie, but it, there was, you know, there wasn't a cash reward. <laughs> so I was like, well, I need to crank these suckers out and, you know, I'll do a game that somebody really likes and hopefully get, you know. First Did you make rate. any money off of that? Well, I got like, uh, well, see, then, you know, Dragon Strike entered. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I won't get first place. <laughs> yeah, we're doomed. Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> but I got like second place, I guess. I, I was like, he got like Grandmaster Wizard <laughs> or whatever. They gave, they gave out a bunch of prizes to people. I think I ended up winning like 50 bucks. Yeah, I think I got, I, I think I got either 25 or 50 bucks. I did a review yeah. of, uh, Fortress America. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, one of my favorite games when I was growing up. So yeah, and I've watched that video, and that's just a little secret. I've watched probably every single video on Board Game Geek. So I'm a big you and uh, you and Andy uh, Anderson, you and Andy Anderson. Yeah, yeah, Andy is wow. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed by that guy. The yeah. resilience, the sheer yeah. resilience he shows. Shout out to Andy if you're inevitably you're going to listen to this, buddy. So yeah, hey, thanks for the thanks for all the the the, the two cent tips that you give in every single one of our videos, and yeah. uh, for just being a cool guy. If you ever get a chance to send that guy an email, he's he's probably he's he's undoubtedly one of the nicest, coolest guys I've ever met in my life. So yeah. I never ever actually ever met him. So 
Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, I got inspired by watching everybody else's videos and, you know, initially started out trying to cover uncovered videos and then it just kind of went from there. And, uh, I don't know. I got bit by a bug, I guess. So we'll see how long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird bug to be bit by, but you, you definitely can get bit, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, who's up? You want to go, Marco, or should I? Mm-hmm. Oh, you go. You go ahead. Tell us about your bug. Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, what's in your bugs? All right. Well, uh, as far as uh, as as I am concerned, um, uh, you know, I, I I've I've kind of gone into um, my background uh, a few times. Uh, my profile on on the geek has it on there, and and uh, my recent uh, review of Arkham Horror when I did my hundredth review, I. Uh, uh, which technically wasn't my hundredth review; it was like my hundred and ninth or something like that. Uh, I, I kind of went further into it, but um, yeah, I gamed. Uh, I was I was I was the the RPG nerd geek, whatever, in high school and and, and junior high and what have you. And and uh, um, uh, I got into board games basically because uh, um, I was I, my my now wife but at, at the time my girlfriend uh was uh she was she was pregnant uh with our child our upcoming child and uh, we had moved into an apartment and um i uh after being a guy who lived by himself and 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 for many years and just kind of had a lot of uh like stubborn tendencies um but i i would normally host uh uh D&D, uh, D&D game at my, at my house, but we couldn't really do that because we had, you know, my wife was, was pregnant or my girlfriend at the time was pregnant. And, um, especially after the baby came, you know, we just, it was a lot of things. So I wasn't able to like actually have a bunch of people over my house. Like I normally would for six or seven hours at a time, but you know, I'd always seen, uh, I don't really have a good, a local game store in town. I mean, I have a, I have a, like basically a couple of comic book stores that'll order in games if I ask them hmm. to. Um, yeah, and then there's one of those comic book stores is it has a huge uh, Magic the Gathering. Uh, they hold tournaments and stuff like that. So um, you know that's kind of their focus as far as gaming goes. But they'll order in whatever if 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 I if I want to, and they're pretty cool about it. But uh, at the time, uh, I just I kind of was like. I, I was I was on the Fantasy Flight Games website, and uh, I was like looking at some of their RPG stuff, uh, and um, I, I had seen uh, this game Runebound a few times, and like somebody had said it was kind of like Talisman, a game that I had played in high school, and I, you know, I had a friend who had the second edition copy and all the ex- expansions, and and we had played that a lot, and and um, I was like, and you couldn't really Talisman was out of print, you couldn't find anywhere, and I was thinking, God, it'd be great if I could find a copy of Talisman, we could play that i could have my friends over take a couple hours whatever and i was looking at room and then i actually saw this this game arkham horror and i was just like wow and the more i read about arkham horror and it, it just really interested me and and um but i didn't really know where i could find it so i mean i one day i, I looked on ebay and i actually found uh like an ebay seller that had like an ebay store that was actually like in my hometown and uh so i drove over to this this lady's house and and uh i bought the game from her and i brought it home and and um, I, I immediately had my friends come over that weekend, and, and man, I mean, we 
played probably every rule wrong, uh, and and we you know it was like it took forever for us to grasp what was going on, and we 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 lost horribly. Um, we never closed a single gate. I don't think we managed to kill a monster, and we played for like five hours. The game took forever, but we had a blast. It's that moment when it, something opens your eyes, and you're like the. the a game can actually be like this after playing. I mean, I, I, I hadn't played any really complex board games. I had played, you know, some of the older games um, that had uh, like, like, uh, like there was a place called Hobby Hut and it still exists. And, but, but back uh, when I was younger, um, <laughs> this is how old I am. Uh, North Dakota, where I lived for 35 years, um, for the longest time when I was young, on Sundays, uh, uh, everything was closed. You, because it was just, it was, it was a, it was one of those, those last few remaining states that just Sundays a day of rest and, and the only places that could be open would be restaurants and gas stations and grocery stores. That was basically it. But any other retail store, you just couldn't be open. You couldn't go over there. But Fargo's right on the border of Minnesota. So, and Minnesota didn't have that. And so, but Hobby Hut was located in Minnesota. So, uh, when I was in junior high, you'd go and you'd, you'd have a sleepover at somebody's house and then, and the next day you'd all get up and you'd bike ride if it was during the summer, you get on your bikes and you'd bike ride into Minnesota on Sunday because you stay there Saturday night, and then you'd go to Hobby Hut and you'd look at and you'd buy miniatures there or whatever you were buying as far as because we played mostly RPGs back then. But we played lots of games like BattleTech and Car Wars and stuff like that, which technically had were, were board games, but they had an, a role playing element to them. But but I never really played any like boxed board games. I remember seeing a few on the shelves, but I mean, it just I you know I just never had the urge or the want to buy them. I did buy one game, or two actually, I should say. Um, Junta and Kings and Things, actually. I, I purchased way back in the day, uh, old uh, old um, Avalon Hill. That would be the only thing I can think of. And I still have those. Uh, actually, Junta, as I'm looking at right now, is a West End Games uh, a game company that doesn't even exist anymore. But God, I'm just babbling at this point. But um, my and point is when you made your first Vita review. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no um, no, but, but with Arkham Horror, what happened with Arkham Horror was is that, like, uh, of course, the rules were all complex and diverse and, and, and tough to understand. But um, so I, I, I did a search for rules or something like that, and, and I, I found Board Game Geek, and, like, uh, it was 2007. And that's when, like, kind of Board Game Geek kind of, like, I was like, and the first time, and anybody who goes to that website the very first time, um, that you look at it and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't understand anything. You know, because it just, and now, I mean, you can back me up, I'm sure, Marco. But now you go there and you just know where everything is. You, you you've modified the screen to look however you want it to be, and you just you click on things. But I mean, if you can remember the first time you ever went to that website and you were just trying to grasp the sheer enormity of what you were looking at, I mean, it just it doesn't. It has a very very initial hard steep learning curve. And oh, absolutely, and just, absolutely. And I and I just couldn't grasp that there was all these amazing games out there, you know. And I'm just trying to. And so I found the Arkham Horror page, and I was in there, and I and then what happened was as I was looking for other games by Fantasy Flight Games because I just didn't know any about any other publishers, and I saw they had this game called um, Fury of Dracula. And so then I went and I went to the Fury of Dracula page, and I was looking at that, and then I saw under reviews, I saw there was a review by Scott Nicholson uh, for Fury of Dracula, and I remember I and I, I was like, oh. 
this is interesting. And I, and I clicked on that and I, I just, and I sat down there and I, I, I can still remember I watched that the very, very first time ever. And I, I was just entranced by this. I was just like, just, oh my gosh, you know, this is just, this is just awesome. This guy is like explaining how this game works. He's, you know, he, you know, he's just, he's very charismatic. He's very well spoken. And I immediately went to his website and I started looking at like, I'm watching all of his his videos and just and 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 that was and 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 to this day and and I and I know a lot of people like you know will you know I, when he quit I was really sad I mean because you know he, the amount I, I mean Jeremy uh, Dragon Strike I mean obviously his his videos look amazing and I know he puts a ton of effort and and work in each and every one but Scott um, it, it just seemed like every single video he made was just a complete labor of love and he, and he just and he and he put so much of his own um, being into that and and without without ever like making it look like it was work. You know, just, just, and, and, and plus, you know, I mean, after I ex- exchanged several emails with him and stuff like that, I mean, it was just like he, once again, it's somebody who's just comes across as being so down to earth and just so excited and so genuine about the hobby. And, and there's, there's just no fake in him. And it's just, and, and so I, I, so with him, I mean, he, I know he does like the in play video reviews thing now and, and, and that's cool and all, but I wish, for, you know, I know it'll never happen, but I wish Board Games with Scott would come back, and I wish he'd, he'd go back to doing them. But, I mean, it's just like, I, you know, it's just like Scott and other reviewers, too. I mean, they've, they're they constantly trying to refine refine themselves and change things up, and, and it's it's that's why I think he, he's, he was the best video reviewer, and I still think so. I mean, I just, you know... It, he just he was he was the master of the craft, honestly. I mean, there's other guys out there who do great jobs too. I mean, the two guys I'm talking to right now, obviously, and and you know, I mean, and the list goes on and on. Well, you know, but, Lance, that's an interesting point. It's interesting because they they have those guys as that uh, shut up and sit down, and they they do like the whole review is like a skit, and so you know, some of them are hit or miss, and sometimes they interweave like one skit with another skit. Uh, you know, from one game, and they kind of go back and forth, and sometimes I'm just laughing my my butt off. And it's interesting problem, you know, as I've started making these video reviews, and you know, I, you have like your intro, your how to, and then your conclusion, and that's pretty much what 90% of the reviews out there are. And and their sort of premise is that you know they want to tell you, make you feel like how it is to play the game, and part of me says. Well, that's impossible through a video review over the internet, but then maybe it's not impossible because uh, you know, going back to Phantom Leader, the guy on Stand Up, uh, Sit Down, uh, whatever, uh, he actually reviewed Phantom Leader, and he was really into it. And he was like, you know, some of the points that I, I had about it, he had as well. And he had it where he was sweating, and he had like the lighting set weird, and he was screaming at his pilots and they were dying and all this stuff. So he went into, there's like a piece of theater, you know, sort of a little theatrical thing. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing, you know, to how do you convey the board games to somebody when it's not, you're not conveying a movie or a painting or something to somebody. It's something that you have to actually do and experience to get the full thing. So I can tell you how great it is, but you need a group of people usually to come together. And that group of people is going to affect the game too. Cause if somebody has a bad attitude or is on the iPhone, the game is going to feel horrible. But anyway, I'm kind of 
taking a tangent, but yeah, that whole. No, no, yeah. it's it's it is, and it's just it's it's one of those things where mm-hmm. like when I finally decided I was gonna, I, I wrote reviews for a long time. I just you know because I didn't have the technology, um, I had kind of come an older computer. I didn't have a video camera, and um, I I wrote reviews, and 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 my my written reviews you know got a, a fair amount of of response, and 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 you know they 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 definitely um. Uh, you know, I, I one of my for the longest time one of my my most thumbed on Board Game Geek review was like my my written review of Rune Wars, and um and and you know and then that's of course no longer the case, but uh you know so and I've always been able to write well. I mean it's just one of the things that uh, you know just like uh, I I I'm thankful that I I, I can do, but. Um, you know, when I finally decided I was going to try to do a, a video review, it was actually just for a contest uh, for a website, Posey.com. And then I just and I and I did the Arkham Horror review. <laughs> you may have watched a, a skinnier, younger version of myself, kind of going off on Arkham Horror, and and uh, and 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 I, I I did that, and then and then I, I didn't do any for a while, and then I just finally decided, you know. You know what the heck? I'm I'm just gonna try to do some video reviews. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see how it goes. And my first ones are horrible. They're just they're they're absolutely awful. And and I and I, I'll be the first one to admit that. And and I still don't think uh, what I do is is you know, anything. I mean, I I think um, I mean I whenever I watch somebody else's, I'm always saying, God, I wish I could I could do that. You know, I, I'm never watching somebody else's video review and saying, you know, it's like, well, well, that guy sucks. You know, I'm just, I'm always, I'm always sitting there saying to myself, it's just like, it's like, oh, I wish, I wish, I'm looking at the things that they do and they do so much better than me, and I'm just, I'm always like, God, I need to try to do that better, or I need to do that better. And I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's, it isn't false modesty. Obviously, I must be doing something right, you know, because I'm getting, you know, fairly positive uh, feedback as far as, as far as the stuff that I do, but. Um, you know, I, 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 I know there's just tons of room for improvement and, uh, and, you know, but, but why do I do it? I mean, I, I do it just because it's fun. You know, it's, it's just fun to talk about games and, uh, you know, why do I, why do I spend, you know, tons and tons of time on board game geek, uh, all, all week long, you know, just, just reading stuff about games. I mean, just cause I, it, it's such a niche hobby, but it's just such a fantastic hobby. And, and I guess in the grand scheme of things, I guess I, I, I kind of wish, I kind of hope, I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but I mean, like when I first got into the hobby, it, you know, these games, they, they, they're, it's getting bigger. I mean, it, it, it's getting to be a, a bigger thing and it, it, it's, it's still a very, very niche thing and it, it's, it's, it's obviously nothing compared to other games and stuff like that, but it's growing and, uh, and it's kind of neat to watch the, the whole thing kind of, you know, it's expanding now. I mean, like you go into Target and you, you can see, you know, Fantasy Flight games on the shelf, you know, and it's just like, and that, I, if you told me that was going to happen a year ago, I'd say, no, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. But there mm-hmm. they are. They're right there. And, it, and it's, yeah. and, you know, and if, if, if I can have some sort of effect on somebody, uh, that, that, like, you know, just like us, you know, oh, wow, you know, is this, is this game any good? You know, and if I can have some sort of effect, uh, and, and convincing them either that the game is or is not, uh, you know, something that, that, that like, uh, and I, the, you know, if it isn't something that they're going to like, then they can spend their money on another game they will like. Um, 
you know, then that that's my kind of my, my my goal is just because you know they, they're not cheap. That's the one thing about these games that 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 makes it tough. You know, and, and because if somebody uh, who's buying a gift for their grandson or whatever, if they see the copy of uh, you know Monopoly is 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 fourteen ninety nine, you know, for their cars Monopoly or whatever. Um, you know, or, you know, am I going to go spend, you know, you know, $50 on, on a real grand game? You know, you know, it's no contest. People are just are going to uh, shy away from the, the higher price tag. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's kind of neat to be kind of, uh, <clears throat> doing what we do, you know, at this, at this stage of the hobby, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I was a, Barnes and Noble yesterday, and I was expected to find, you know, the game section, just settlers, and maybe, you know, some some lame game inspired by the TV show going on at the time. But actually, no, they had many more games, and you know, games that until a couple of months ago was expected to find only in game stores. And I, um, and I'm the co-founder of the Strategy Gaming Club at Indiana University, so I play a lot with undergrads, and I'm pleasantly surprised. I also thought this club was going to be me, a couple of professors, and you know, maybe one dorky undergrad, but no, there are many of the young generations that are really curious. They're really into games. They play a little bit. Maybe they play some party games, some family games, and they're really excited about discovering this game. So I definitely think that there is hope, and I definitely think that this is a hobby that is expanding. So, Marco, what about, uh, what about your origins as a Video broadcasting or <clears throat> journalist? Uh, it was really, really random. I mean, it was really by chance that happened. A colleague of mine, a professor in telecom here at AU, told me one day, uh, would you like to have a website of reviews for games? I was like, oh, sure. Why not? Uh, basically, this guy also, well, I knew, I know him because we play together and he's also into games. And he had a grad student that just set up that website, 2d6.org, uh, for reviews of games and articles about games. But, uh, uh I don't want to say anything, you know, that's, that sounds bad, but if you look at the very first material that was produced on 2D6, you see that the point was not exactly the game. I mean, most of the people that were involved in the website uh, were not exactly gamers or hardcore, medium-core gamers. Mm. Uh, the guy clearly wanted to showcase his ability to put together a website and make you know nice-looking videos. And once he got a job offer, he just moved on, and the website was just there languishing and professor knew about this website, I was like, would you be interested in picking it up? Because uh, he knows that I'm into like all sorts of crazy projects. So I said, sure. So I started writing to, at that point, I thought I would be the publisher, the editor, the, the, the boss, the, the mind behind all this. And I wouldn't be doing much myself. I would be coordinating. So I started writing to publishers, asking them, would you like to send a copy to be reviewed on 2D6? And some publishers said, okay, sure, and they started sending games, which was very brave of them. I mean, there is this guy, this email from a guy that they never heard of. My name was nowhere on the website. We hadn't started publications yet. You know, it could just be a scam. It could just be somebody quoting a website he has no ties with. And they did send games. And I started looking for people that wanted to work 
for the website work of course means uh that works is a euphemism just to collaborate because there would be no money involved just you get the review copy and some people say wow that's great give me the review copy and i'll make a review for you and sure the first part went well they did get the review copy and it just it just would not turn in the review, which to me was crazy. I mean, just uh, I hadn't started reviewing anything yet, but I just you know it just seemed so exciting and so fun. And then I thought, well, it seems exciting, it seems fun. Uh, nobody's doing it. Uh, I want to restart the website, so I will start producing content for the website. And I had been watching a lot of video reviews and especially Tom Basil's. I'd watched a ton of reviews by him. Uh, I remember really um, when I also came back to the hobby after a long hiatus, I've been like a workaholic for 10 years, no hobbies, and then I came back to the hobby finally. Uh, and I went on, on Working Geek and I had the same experience that we were talking about before. This all when you start realizing, you think you know the website and then everything that you click on is a new continent that opens and you <laughs> did not uh, imagine. And I saw, oh, look, there is a video review here. What's that? And I watched from this Tom Basil guy who seemed cool. And then like a, a week later, I come back to the website. I look for another game. And I was like, oh, look at this. Another review by this guy. Man, he must have made like, you know, four or five. What are the chances <laughs> that I got two of them? And after a while, I figuring out that this was exactly the case. Um, and I really liked his style. And I thought, well, he, I really like the way he does reviews, but he doesn't cover uh, war games. I thought maybe, you know, I got the incentive from uh, 2D6 that I, I wanted to produce websites. And what can I do that other people are not doing yet, that there isn't as much? So I started play, making mainly video reviews of war games, but I also like other types of games. So once I got the bug of video reviewing, uh, the thing sort of like fueled itself. And I just enjoyed it so much. And definitely I started first with a review a week or less. And then now I just enjoy so much that I pretty much have to video review almost everything that they play. Um, it is just, yes, it is another hobby. It is not really, you know, just a subcategory of the ga- of the gaming hobby. It takes so much time and, and energy that, yes, one could use playing or doing something else. So it has to be something that you enjoy in, in itself, just enjoying the pleasure of sharing your ideas, of explaining how a game works, just yes, showing the mechanics or the aspects that you think that are relevant, that may give somebody a hint of what the game is like. Um, I just had so much fun doing that. So even after uh, we finally reviewed all the games that had been sent to us, um, the review copies that had given out to reviewers that never turned in the review, then I felt guilty, so I started buying the games that I had lost that way and started playing them and reviewing. And so I kind of like got done with that. I to play and review all the games that we have been sent, and then I just started exploring more and playing more and, and reviewing more. It's just just enjoy the process, even though, yeah, it is so much work, and then you film for hours, and then there's a little bug in the machine, and you have to redo everything. And then I just really enjoy the conversation, the conversation that uh, uh, the video reviews attract and stimulate. You know, when I see that people are talking about the games, um, in the thread of my review, or either on Board Game Geek or on YouTube, and you know, different topics come out, and I learn a lot. People point out mistakes that they made, and that is 
great that he's useful. I thought, oh, that's that's how it was. A shaming, <laughs> but useful. Uh, they just a lot a lot to it. So yeah, that that's pretty much where it started. And as of now, I don't see myself um, ending anytime soon. I mean, not of my own volition. I may have to take breaks because of family things in the future, but I think I'll be doing this you know, pretty much anytime I can. Yeah, you got you got a baby coming, don't you? I got a baby coming. We are going probably to move to a new house uh, because this one is not going to be big enough for the second baby and and the games that keep coming. Um, so either we move to a new house or we renovate this one enough that it is going to be a major project. So yeah, later this year we may have to uh, take a break or at least to start playing and reviewing a little less, but. I'll be back. Don't worry. It, it would not be just because I got burned out. That I don't, I don't see that happening very, very likely. Yeah, when my when my son was born in in October, yeah, I ended up not not wanting to, but I ended up having about a month and a month and a half off where I just you know it, it just I wasn't able to get things on on the on the on on the on the table. You know, it just wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it, it's it's worth it though. You know to you know because hey hey kids are cool. Plus, plus you'll have you'll have uh, another child, and there'll be another uh, another little war gamer that you can play, uh, uh, play with yeah. later. So, well, yeah, it's gonna the this country is gonna be another girl, so that's gonna be a little bit of a challenge uh, because the world of war gaming is heavily male dominated. But hey, that can be the beginning of a new of a new era. My two little girls may be, you know, the the best female war game designers of all times. I I know I'm gonna train them that way. So then, then that's what happens. <laughs> and I'm gonna make, you know, when they start, you know, playing games, I'm gonna start making um, re-themed versions of war games. You know, like with little bunnies. You know, okay, the bunnies can move here when they move adjacent to a kidney. They will die, and the kitty, they talk to the kitty, and the kitty goes to sleep, so you have to move the kitty away from the board. Uh, so I'm just going to make this completely, you know, non-violent thing. Instead of killing, people are just going to talk to the opponent to go and take a nap, and let's see if they can get in love with the mechanics. And then, oh, by the way, you were playing a game when they are older. By the way, you were playing a game about, you know, where were you and Eastern Front and, you know, Hitler and Stalin, and I don't know. Just, just get them, get them started early. Uh, um, my, my daughter's uh, favorite game to play right now is, uh, well, it has been for a while. Is um, uh, uh, I can't even think of the name right now, and I, I can just turn it on. Uh, Viva Topo, the, the Viva Topo, the, the little, little mice and cheese and cat game, and it's, and it's actually got enough, uh, enough meat to it that I'm not like just, you know, falling asleep and wishing I could play something else. You know, so just. A lot, there's a lot. There's tons of of really really good children's German games that are that that are actually like adults can play without wanting to, you know, uh, have a nice stiff shot of whiskey with them so they can they can stomach sitting through it all the whole thing. So yeah, I know. I wish they they don't really bring the kids games over that much. You know, as far as far as the Euros go, they bring over the you know the strategy and the quote unquote family games, but the children's games don't seem to really make it over here. And man, I wish they would, because I had to put up with Candyland and all that stuff for so long, until you know my uh, my youngest especially was old enough to play games like he likes Forbidden Island and and Carcassonne and that kind of thing. But you know you can't really play that with 
three-year-old or no, four, you no, know, no. or five-year-old or whatever it is. But, um, but I would, I've really, I've heard that a few times now where the, the German kids games and the, the small kids games are really good. And I wish, you know, I'm not going to order them from German. Well, my kids are all grown now pretty much, but <laughs> it's too late for me. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but I wish they'd start bringing those over. Maybe there's just no market. Yeah, I was wondering, no, what, is, what is the youngest that a kid can play a game? I would say the kid realizes what the game is, that gets the idea, there are certain rules, and you follow them, and you play within the rule, and you may lose, and or you may win, as opposed to, this is the teddy bear, and the teddy bear is going for a walk, and something happens. Yeah. My, yeah. My, my, my daughter could grasp um, Go Away Monster, which yeah. I think is, is, like, is like the very first non candyland game that kids can really grasp and she could grasp that you know i'm guessing two two and a half i mean she got the whole process you had to reach into the bag and you pulled out a piece and if it was a good piece you got to put it on your board where like you were building your room and if it was a monster you're supposed to say ah go away monster and you threw the threw the, the piece away and 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 she still likes to play i mean even she realizes it's kind of she's kind of old for it now and she, she'd rather rather play other things. I mean, don't get me wrong. My daughter does have um, uh, a grandparent bought her uh, a copy of Junior Monopoly, and she really enjoys playing that. And she could, but you know, it, that's teaching her money, and it teaches her how to add and subtract. And she's you know, you know, and she's four, and she can she can uh, work basic arithmetic already. So I'm pretty proud of her. And and mm-hmm. it's you know, and so you know, and, and part of it is you know playing those games. But um, if you're a parent and you can get a hold of um, a game called uh, tear off tear or animal upon animal um, at a young age. That's a that's a game that teaches nice motor skills and, and as far as it's it's a uh, it's and it's great awesome pieces. It's a little uh, it's a little wooden alligator and then you slowly build other animals and great pieces up on top of the alligator. It's it's a dexterity game, but it teaches really good motor skills and and color recognition and 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 size recognition. So um, I mean, I'd, I'd suggest anybody you know if you're looking for a kids game you know as far as that's yeah. really. Let's go. My friend with the state is probably my three-year-old daughter would win against me, and I would be really, really embarrassed by that because I'm just that horrible with dexterity games. So you don't, you don't like the dexterity games, huh? I mean, oh, just... I'm, I'm, I'm horrendous. I cannot be in the same room with ascending empires. It just brings up such <laughs> oh, painful don't, that, memories. That's, that's such a horrible game, though. So I mean, even oh, even so it's not me. Okay, even if you know what you're doing. <laughs> Well, no, no. I mean, even even the whole—it's a flicking game, and I and, and and whatever. And but but that game—I don't know what it was about it. I I was so excited for that game, and I I bought it, and I I got it, and I was just like, I played it once, and I was like, well, that was really bad. And I was like, well, maybe 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 it isn't so bad. I told myself maybe it isn't so bad. I'll try it again. And I was just like, yeah, that's 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 not a good game. I mean, it, it wasn't so much. I mean, there. The whole the they should have. I mean, if you look at a game like Catacombs, um, and and which is a really good flicking dexterity game with a theme, you know, the whole dungeon crawling theme, and and they, they the the boards are are, are fold up boards, and they and they made the fold up boards in such a way that they that there is no um there's no uh lip, there's no they're, they're very flush, and they and and mm-hmm. and there's nothing, and. What they did with the Ascending Empires board, and maybe because the, the, the admittedly the Catacombs boards are quite small, and so they, you know, comparatively, so maybe that isn't an option. But the the, the it's a puzzle board, you know, it's it's puzzle pieces, so you just you stick yeah. them together. 
and 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 uh, and the and the, and the thing. Well, you know, but maybe somebody listening doesn't know. So anyway, um, the, the, the the well, the, you put the puzzle pieces, and the problem was is that um, they don't they don't stick together flush, and and. and 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 that's horrible. I mean, if if you're going to be flicking something uh, across multiple boards, and then you know, I want it to, to to lay flat. And then and then they're saying, oh well, you can hold it down, and it'll work just fine if you hold it down. And it's like, but I shouldn't have. If if you bought a crokinole board that that had had waves on it, I mean, would you would you say, oh well, you know, as long as I only shoot over here and we only do this? I mean, it's just yeah, it's fixable, but it, you shouldn't have had to. But and I could forgive that. I could totally forgive the fact that they had that production issue with it. But the gameplay itself it just felt so uninspired. It was just like I was so bored waiting for my turn as other people were just sitting there. It's like, okay, I'll do this and I'll build this. I'll, I'll, I'll put a soldier on here and I'll turn this thing into that. And I'll turn this thing into that and I'll research this and I'll take this. And, and there you go. And it was just like, and I'm just, and I was so bored waiting for my turn to get, get myself. And it just, uh, dexterity games need to be fast and they need to be quick and there should be no thinking involved. And, and, and there it, should be no me around. <laughs> That's my, <laughs> you know what? You, you know, and this is a segue to uh, our, our, our closing part. Is games that we're looking forward to. There's a dexterity game that's coming out. It was on Kickstarter. It's already closed. It's called Caveman Curling. And I'm a huge curling nut. Every time it comes on the Winter Olympics, I glue to the set. But it's a dexterity game, and it's basically like a poor man's uh, crokinole. And it looks so fun. I think Eagle Games, I'm not even sure. I think it's Eagle Games is making it. And, uh, and it's on, it was on Kickstarter, so hopefully that comes out. But. That game looks really fun, and the components. If you go to Board Game Geek, uh, Ender's Game, you know the written reviewer guy. He mm-hmm. he did a great, great review of it, and I read that review, and I went right to Kickstarter and was like, "Give me two of these," because I'm gonna. Hopefully, my brother won't listen to this, but that's his Christmas present next year. But <laughs> he won't listen. Well, to this, but <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows if it'll come out? Remember, it might be his Christmas present in June of next year. Kickstarter. I mean, don't well, get me wrong. I, I love the Kickstarter program. I think it's amazing, but. There's two things wrong with Kickstarter programs. One, um, you can't give anybody an, an, a, a firm date on when a, when a board game is going to come out. Because well, this game though is is has already been made in Europe, and it's just a matter of of you know repackaging and retranslating and all that stuff. So they said that it's supposed to be here probably, and I, I, don't quote me on the date, but it was supposed to be here by like June of this year, or around there. It, it might have been April or July, but it's you know in late spring summer. But I, I mean, I agree with you on the Kickstarter. I was a victim of the eminent domain. Uh, well, whatever. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more forgiving. I'm more forgiving of that. You know, uh, I mean, just as a little anecdote, I was at Gen Con this year and they had copies of eminent domain. And, you know, I was like, hey, can I have my copy? I'll do a video review of it. That'll be really cool for you. And they wouldn't give me one. And I honestly don't care. I mean, it's, I wasn't upset about it, but I, I'm more forgiving of these companies because they don't make a whole ton, ton of money on the stuff. I don't think. I mean, they make enough probably for a few people to have a living. Now, Final or Fantasy Flight excluded, probably. But I'm a little bit more forgiving. If they didn't, if they took my money and ran and never gave me a game, then I would be upset, obviously. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm a little bit more forgiving. 
But, well, and why, why, I don't want to talk about the eminent domain thing, but I mean, the, the thing about Kickstarter is there is one thing that I, I read, um, it was either a blog entry or somebody that kind of talked about it a little bit, and they said that, um, uh, there's, there's a serious problem with the fact that before, um, I mean, there's, there's no real quality control anymore. Before, if, if somebody had an idea for a board game, they went to a board game publisher and they said, hey, mm-hmm. here's my idea for this game. And then that, that publisher who, theoretically knows more about the business than that particular person is, that's submitting this game would say yeah. this 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 isn't going to make any money this is a horrible game you know it's just you need to change this 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 and this do those changes come back to me we'll see what we can do but now you have a situation where people can go uh i really like this game i can make a cool little video of me introducing it i can show you some really cool looking art that uh you know, I, I paid one of my friends, you know, 50 bucks to do or whatever, and I can give you some, you know, vague, you know, inf- instructions as far as the rules go and everything like that. And not even that. And then it's just like, and if you give me $12,000, I'll, I'll, I'll print this game off and I'll, and I'll send these copies out. And, and I'm not saying that people will go into it thinking that my game sucks and I, you know, I'm going to fool you into buying it. But I think people go into it thinking that their game is a lot better than it actually is. And there's there's that one step of the quality control that you're superseding. Now there's been tons of games that have actually been made through Kickstarter that are awesome and and that are great. But you know I know I I I'm not going to name any any games off aloud because that's not my thing. But I know people who have said yeah that game is horrible. Um, you know I just I, I I feel bad that I actually you know supported it. And it's just and and I mean I don't. I think I've never really played a game that I think is sucks completely. I mean, usually games have something um, that I can take from it and just say, well, at least I like that. You know, I'm not right. going to play it again. I'm not going to play it again because I'm not going to waste my time on it because I have so many other games that are fun. But at least something was good, you know, and I, I can take from it because it, I, I just, I just, you know, I somebody out there is enjoying that game, and it isn't just me. And I, and I said this many times in my reviews where I say, kudos to you for for liking a game that I can't, I can't figure out. It just doesn't work for me. I wish it did. I wish I could enjoy this. I wish I could have. Why? Why would I not want to like it? You know, I mean, why? I I, I want to have fun in my life. I want to have fun things happen. But it just, you know, it just doesn't work for me. Well, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that one step of quality control. I do agree with it in spirit, but I also think that uh, the game industry can get and maybe is in or will be in a rut as far as what they think can sell. And because, you know, especially with the Euro games, uh, there's things that are have kind of been there, done that, and they're just small riffs on the one before. And I'm saying that as a huge fan of Euro games, but I can see that happening where, okay, we've got a bunch of worker placement games, we've got a bunch of deck building games, we've got a bunch of these, auction games, you know, train games. I mean, how many, how many versions, if you're an 18xx fan of, of that series, do you need? Um, I know 18xx fans might shoot me for that, but I think the cool thing with Kickstarter is you're going to have those crappy games that come out that have no business being published at all, but then you're going to have something, you know, new that breaks through. And I think for every gem, you're going to have, you know, 15, uh, pieces of coal, but I think it's worth it for those, <laughs> those one gems to come through. But yeah. you Kickstarter anything, Marco? I have have kickstarted 
uh, a game that just came out recently and I got it, but I haven't got to play it yet. It's called Imperial Crusade Armada. It's a game of space combat. uses cards instead of miniatures, but the idea is that it's a miniature game. It uses you know, open space, continuous space. Uh, but I haven't played it yet. All I can say is that the box is really disappointing. It's a box that if I just put a book on it, the box is going to turn into a Ziploc bag, basically. Uh, but <laughs> that's very sha- that, w- that would be a very shallow review. So I'll play the game at some point. Uh, I'll probably share my opinions in a video. But that's pretty much the only one that I kickstarted, really. Because the other ones, I had that that problem. I didn't, I didn't know how much playtesting had been done. Um, I saw some videos of like guys that seemed really passionate about that game but passion doesn't make good games doesn't per se doesn't make good anything it makes for you know passionate attempts was this guy says i woke up some months ago and i saw myself in the future i had a dream and i saw myself in the future playing this game <laughs> i was like well maybe, maybe just keep dreaming about it <laughs> why do we have to be <laughs> good for you i know There's- doctors you can talk to about your dreams and and it's uh, describing the game and that was really uh and and you know that seemed really lame or the other cases uh 2d6 got contacted by people that were again people that shall remain uh unnamed uh, they would say oh um i need a review for of you know my kickstarter project i need it for next week i need it for next monday because we're late with the deadline I thought, yeah, and you need also to be more respectful and not to write at the last minute, uh, you know, making us, you know, feel like, oh, I really don't care about you guys, but I'm so desperate. Even you guys would do. Right. Uh, so, uh, there's some dark aspects, I think, in this completely, I don't know. Well, just to, uh, deregulated. Uh, every, uh, there's a meritocracy, a meritocracy in this, I guess. You know, people that are better at dealing with all the processes of presenting themselves, at uh, selling the game, uh, at making the game look good, at finding reviewers that would make honest reviews, and etc. etc. Just that, I, not knowing how much playtesting went on, knowing how important playtesting is, uh, that is the one thing that makes me always a little suspicious. What games are you looking forward to? Because you know, we were talking about that. What, what, what? Is there anything that's coming out soon, or something you just recently picked up that you're anxious to give a try to? Or uh, well, I just received from France the second edition of Liberty Roads. Again, about where we're chew, and this is a game that I've read wonderful things about. So I'm really excited about trying that one. I got the Commands and Colors bug, uh, and I played a lot of Commands and Colors Ancient recently, and I realized, oh, look, there's also another one that is the Napoleonics. So I just picked up a copy. Uh, I picked up a used copy, so I did not have to attach all the stickers. Um, but I'm really glad, I'm really curious to try that one. As for things that haven't come out yet, and they should come out later this year, and one not too far in the future, I hope. Uh, two games by... Compass Games. Actually, this is it's a publisher that I haven't haven't played much. I don't have many games by them. And the one that's coming out soon, I just I pre-ordered it recently, is The God Kings. It's about ancient Middle East and chariots and car-driven war. And that seems pretty cool. And another one is called, uh, again, by Compass Games, it's called Enemy Action Ardent. And it's, this enemy action is supposed to be, the new, well, it is a new series, but it's supposed to be a very innovative car-driven one. It is supposed to be bringing a complete new perspective on an entire car-driven idea. It's going to 
turn it upside down and blow our mind and make us cry with joy and wonder how could we ever play a card driven before this one. So wow. I'm pretty excited about that one. <laughs> Maybe just... That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty lofty there. Well, I'm intrigued though, for sure. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. I might actually become a board gamer. Yeah, enemy action art dance. I'm gonna be looking that one up for sure. Yeah. And in the next couple of days, I'll be finally playing um, Forgotten Heroes Vietnam. I really like the system. It's a lock and load system. I played uh, Day of Heroes last year uh, in that system, and I truly enjoyed that game. So in the last couple of days, I went through the manual. It is a medium, medium advanced war game. It's... Um, some people picked up the game after seeing my review of Day of Heroes, and then they complained that it was too hard for them. It is not for uh, maybe for the beginner, but it is really it's nice and detailed, and it emphasizes the unique capabilities of weapons and units. And it really worked well in the Day of Heroes scenario, Day of Heroes situation, which is uh, the Battle of Mogadishu. And now seeing the same system, you know, in Vietnam again, interesting topic. Joel, you're interested in Vietnam, maybe you. Ooh, want to uh, take a look at this one anything you're excited about joel uh yeah i am excited about playing coney island because i'm a big hansa teutonica fan and it seems kind of like that but lighter uh i want to play ninja i have had ninja in my shelf so to speak for a while and it's got kind of lukewarm reviews i think it looks really cool so i don't know i guess i'll find out i've Is heard it uh, movement yeah the, the hidden, hidden movement game, one, yeah. correct I've heard, uh, yeah, it, well, I don't know. I guess, it, I, I, from what I've seen, yeah, I mean, it looks like it should be fun. Um, but, um, I think, I think the, the major thing, I, I just know this because a friend of mine actually owns it, and he said the, the only thing he doesn't like about it is that, um, it just, it, it seems to last too long. Hmm. It is, you know, that, that's the one thing that he doesn't like about it. But, right. um, but if you're a fan of that stuff, I, I can't see why, you know, if you like play, if you like Furio Dracula or, mm-hmm. you know, probably one of the best games to come out last year, a little, little game about, uh, Jack the Ripper, <laughs> uh, Letters from Whitechapel. Don't care for oh, that. Oh, that's one. right. That's right. You're, yeah, so, but, you know, but, um. If it wasn't exactly like Scott and Yard with a bunch of quote unquote chrome, then I'd probably like it more, but I was expecting more than that. Anyway, that's a whole other episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean other than that, uh yeah, I mean I've heard I've heard good things about it though. I've heard I've heard it it, it it's um Yeah, it seems unique, you know, with the card play and you sort of you got two sort of phases of card play and all that. It seems pretty unique. Um, um but other than that, I'm I just got Biles Megafauna and I struggled through the rule book and I'm struggling through it again. It's actually not bad, but he crams in all the science. <laughs> this yeah. really high level science so that looks good and then in the near future far future i'm really looking forward to 1989 it's uh by half one of the developers is the developer of uh twilight struggle and then another guy that's done uh he did uh what was it called free at last which is a game marco might be interested in i think it's actually uh, a self-published game but it's going to be picked mm-hmm. up by somebody else i can't remember the rd no, not GMT. It's a it's a lesser mm-hmm. known company. But if you look up Free at Last, it's a car driven game about the civil rights movement. Huh. Yeah. And the problem, quote unquote, with it is that one person has to play as the segregationist. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nobody wants to play as that, right? So, but anyway. Oh, uh, people. I mean, we have Labyrinth: The War on Terror. 
And uh, yeah, right, I have a exactly. Cons- conservative American friends having a blast as they were playing the jihad. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that you know, if you can create that suspension of disbelief and seeing a game as a game, well, then I guess that maybe that's not as much of a problem. Okay. And you know, I, I play Eastern Eastern Front war games, so you can choose. You can be Stalin or you can be Hitler, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's the hard choice. You get used to that. <laughs> They're both such such fine gentlemen. Yeah. Exactly. So, what about you, Lance? What are you looking forward to? You know, I was I was uh, I, I kind of had you guys go first because I had to think about it actually. Um, you know, it's kind of weird uh, right now. Um, you know, and, and this might be something good for uh, next week's topic. We can talk about game publishers and and and, and just kind of like. Uh, ones that we followed and, and, and how, like, you know, we'll stop following them and everything like that. Um, for like the first time ever, uh, uh, Fantasy Flight Games is actually coming out with a few games, uh, right now that I'm really, really excited to give a, a shot to. And, uh, one is Wiz War, which just came out. I mean, I remember playing that once when I was much younger, um, a Tom Jolly game. Um, Tom Jolly games are kinda, um, they're, they're, they're 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 a mixed bag. I mean, is the best way to put them. And and I I've been, I I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I I don't like reading reviews and reading people's opinions about something before I get a chance to play it because I I hate that preconceived notion thing going on. But um, there's quite a few people saying that this this incarnation of Wizwar uh, is is not as good as as their but that might just be people rose colored glasses and everything like that but um it's impossible to get a copy really of the older ones so i'm kind of i i i pre-ordered a copy of that i'm really uh excited um once again a game i played a long time ago that um uh, i played a few times because a buddy of mine had a copy of dune and now uh the uh the the fantasy flight version of it uh, of uh of mechatol rex uh you know mm-hmm. is coming out and um you know i i i i pre-ordered that and that's coming out it's on it's like literally going to be here real soon and um also like uh um one of my favorite games that that i loved uh and i have a copy of nexus ops they 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 redid that as well and i'm like I'm, I'm excited to try those out. Um, for whatever reason, I'm not so much excited about their Fortress America version that's coming out um, fairly soon. Uh, I don't know why not. Maybe just because I have so many uh, great memories tied in with my old Games Master box that I've had of, of, of Fortress America. So I, I don't know if I'll end up picking that one up. Um, other than that, games that I have that are like sitting here and just begging you to play... Um, uh, don't be scared of the rules of BIOS Megafauna. Um, just dive in. Uh, you'll end up having your creations die off the first few times you play, but it's, it's right. a good game. It's not nearly as difficult as, as High Frontier, which, um, uh, it may be, um, one of the, one of the toughest games I've ever played. I mean, just, just grasping the rules. Uh, I, I still don't think I have a real good grasp of that. And, and unfortunately, anything that's tough to learn, uh, my game group will, uh, back off from it pretty quickly. But I'm interested in playing that. Uh, Bios Megafon, I'll play it more so I can do a review of it. Um, then other things I've just recently picked up. I really want to try out New Era, um, the the 51st State expansion, but not exactly expansion. It can 
it can uh, be played um, by itself. I really enjoy 51st State. I think that game is really excellent as far as multiplayer solitaire games go. Um, apparently, New Era has changed things a little bit and made it uh, made the gameplay a lot more streamlined. So I'm pretty excited to give that a shot. Um, Turn A from the people that just uh, that, that made um, Troye or Troyes or whatever. Uh, another game that for whatever reason Joel doesn't like. I have no idea why. Why didn't but, you like that game, Joel? Anyway. Uh, I don't like the buying of the dice, and when you roll good dice, they get bought from you, and when it's your turn to buy, there's nothing good to buy. <laughs> um, and I did, and it was way too random. Uh, the cards coming, I don't know. I just, it didn't. There's so many other better dice euros out there that I loop, I grouped them all together, like D Bergen von Bergen being the best, absolutely. Um, but I actually have turn A two, and actually that looks pretty cool. So. Um, yeah, so, but that's another one I didn't mention that I'm also. You know, I've, I've got Coney Island as well. I want to give yeah. that a shot, but I haven't had a chance to yet. I got Mill 1049. I'm really excited to give that a shot too. Once again, uh, just haven't had the time. Um, Village, uh, the, the worker placement game where your workers actually die. I, 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 that alone just sold me on the game. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> I got Helvetia on its way to me. I'm, I'm excited to give that a shot. I mean, it's just, um, I mean, there's a lot of really cool games that I've, I've got coming to me. But the, the weird thing is, is that this is a new year, and I'm, I'm, I keep thinking of what's coming out in 2012. You know, what can I get excited about? And, and um, it's, it, I just go back to those Fantasy Flight games. I mean, and, and, and that's cool because you know, Fantasy Flight games were like the that was the publisher that really got me into this thing, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to be excited about about stuff that they've got coming out, and um, I'm looking forward to giving those games a a, a try. And I and and uh, I know people bag on them for you know being more uh, about the shiny bits than they are about the substance, but uh, they they they've consistently come out with good games, and, and uh, I think they had kind of a down year in 2011, honestly. I mean, with the um, the major issues they had with uh, Mansions of Madness and and uh, um, the whole fiasco with uh, Merchant of Venus and stuff like that, and I, I think they they ended up having kind of a, a clunky year in 2011. But I mean, I'm sure it's successful, but um, I think that I think they'll write their ship, and I think they'll uh, I think I, I think 2012 is going to be a pretty good year for them. Hopefully. Yeah. They, well, they came out with Gears of War, and that is one that I enjoyed, even though it did get a lot of mixed reviews. Well, that's just one thing. I mean, it's just like 2011. I, I know I said this in one of my reviews. 2011 just wasn't a really good game for good year for games. I mean, it just seemed like every other year there was like like just tons of games that were just awesome, and it just seemed like in 2011 there just wasn't that many awesome games. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought there was a good year, but you know, I haven't really been had my lens focused this intently on the industry. You know what I mean? So maybe it's just the fact that I've been doing this what I do. And I'm just finding more and more and more and more and more. Whereas before, you know, you'd buy a game and play it for months and then you'd buy another game and you didn't really follow the industry as much as just an average gamer. But I, there was a lot of games I liked last year. And the thing is, I'm still playing them. Like Oren Labora is technically a 2011 release, but you know, I didn't get mine until just the other day. I think Um, what it was with 2011, I think, I think the games that like, that everybody thought were really good, they were very polarizing. I mean, it was just like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a game like Dominion came out and everybody was just like, oh my God, this is just so amazing. You know, it, it was just like, and then with the, 
the the few scant people saying, "Bah, I hate it." You know, I mean, it was like you know, eighty five to ninety percent of the people that played Dominion said, "Wow, this was really fun." You know, and and uh, you know, whereas like games like you and I, Joel, we said that we the Urban Sprawl was our favorite game of the year, and it's just like that's <laughs> like fifty fifty. People either like it or they hate it. Well, and 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 it's it's very polarizing. There's 50% of the people that are usually wrong about everything in life, too, so. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we don't need to talk about that, but I, th- no. I think it's been misunderstood. No, I, no, never mind. I don't want to talk about Urban Sprawl. I've, <laughs> I've talked about it until I'm blue in the face. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's my it's a cause for me. It's it's you have to try to convince people, but then you just have to just kind of just say, well, you know what? It's it's your time. It's your effort. It's your it's your free time. So, but uh, 2011 uh, gaming wise, what about you, Marco? What do you think? Well, on on the word gaming side of things, actually, there were a couple of very interesting games that came out. When I was putting together my top ten, I had a pretty hard time. Uh, deciding. Well, we had some Im- new and improved editions of old games, but there were just new games that came out with uh, some very innovative ideas. Segigahara, uh, just a combination of card game and, and block game that well, we hadn't seen before. Um, uh, Strike of the Eagle, actually same idea. Again, cards and blocks, uh, and again, just they came together in a way that was very naughty, very refreshing. Uh, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers is a great game. It reminds players of a lot of other games, but there's a certain elegance to it that really makes the game feel fresh. Uh, so, yeah, I would say for white gamers, uh, there were really a couple of interesting games uh, that not only were they fun to play by themselves, but you can see that there could even be seeds for new systems, for for new series. And, well, that's pretty good. Okay, thank you for joining us on the first episode of Wooden Cubes and Iron Soldiers. If you would like to contact us, we have created a guild on BoardGameGeek under the name Wooden Cubes and Iron Soldiers. Or you can leave a message for us on the post at 2d6.org. Uh, we will hopefully see you again in a couple of weeks with a new episode, a new topic, and more fun and banter. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>